Thank you for joining our podcast today. Our discussion today is about AIG's journey to evaluate and evolve its commercial real estate finance technology platform. I'm your host, Steve Powell, Executive Chairman and Founder of Citus AMC. My guests today are Tom Fewings, Global Head of AIG's Commercial Real Estate Finance Business, and Brett Williams, Head of Commercial Real Estate Technology for Citus AMC and creator of Closer, Loan Underwriting and Asset Management System. We have approached our discussion today in three series or segments. Part one, planning and implementation. Part two, benefits, lessons, and next steps. And part three, advice for our peers. Let's go ahead and jump in. Part one, planning and implementation. Tom, I think most of our listeners are aware that AIG is one of the largest insurers on the planet, operating in a variety of different insurance markets. Your business resides in a sophisticated investment and asset management business, which is focused on providing risk-adjusted returns in the commercial real estate debt space across Europe and the U.S., would you mind giving us a brief overview of your business at AIG? Yeah, sure, Steve, and thanks for the intro. As you say, we're in the business of really trying to find what are the best risk-adjusted returns that, that match our clients' needs and requirements. The specific discussion here is on the lending market, but we focus on all CRE-based assets, including CMBS and REITs. And we try and look at these markets not only to inform us of real-time risk pricing, but also to get as much market intelligence as we can from these other markets. Our business is across Europe and the US, and we run it out of four offices, one in London covering Europe, and then New York, Houston, and LA to cover the different US geographies. And we also have a dedicated outsourcing team in India to support that operation and outsourcing partners, including yourselves at Citus. We originate across a whole variety of risk spectrum from construction to transitional um, lending all the way through to long-dated fixed-rate stabilized lending. Thank you, Tom. I mean, you obviously have a pretty sophisticated and complex business with global reach. Uh, Brett, would you mind just sharing with the audience a little bit about your role at Citus AMC? Sure. Um, so... I now run CRE Tech, which covers really a gamut of solutions where we have externally faced products for sale, including Closer, as you mentioned before, for full loan lifecycle support from origination through asset management, as well as other products in the like valuation management, um, discounted cash flow modeling. We have a budgeting tool. So we have things that we are selling, and we have things that simply support the internal operations of Citus as well across the services that are being offered. As it relates specifically to Closer, you know, I've been doing that since 2004, and we now represent on average 22% of domestic CMBS issuance uh, running through the platform. We have around 34 or so percent of GSE business. And then, of course, we've, we've moved into the balance sheet space and we have great customers like AIG uh, using the platform there. Tom, due to the scale of your business activities, one can only imagine your thirst for data. 
This morning, I had the opportunity to preview some of your analytics you are developing to manage your business and portfolio risk. Very impressive, I must say. As you begin this technology and data capture journey, what are some of the baseline goals and objectives you are looking to solve for? Sure, Steve. And I think, um, I think we started with the question of, you know, can we get the computer to give us an up-to-date risk assessment of our portfolio at any given point in time? So we started off on that journey and we wanted to be able to react to what was going on in the market and what was going on in our portfolio faster so that we could create an efficient feedback loop to not only manage the risk, but could gain insights into the front end processing and underwriting and sourcing process. This really meant figuring out how we could capture everything that we were learning from the assets in our portfolio in a readily accessible format. Yeah, I wanted to know how good we were at our underwriting assumptions on every deal, not just when we had a problem, but how accurate were we in the first place? I think to do that effectively, we really needed to have a process around capturing data and ensuring that we captured good quality data. By that, I mean you know, making sure that the data had integrity. We want to be able to integrate both internal data with external data, which was something that was very labor-intensive process prior to embarking on this technology exercise. We had disparate data by location. We had different processes. We wanted to have some consistency across sources in terms of how data was captured. And um, you know, this is where we needed to start building from. A lot of the business data that we had originally was manual. It was held in Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, email files, and the infamous Y drive. And um, so when we set about that, we figured out very quickly that we needed to enforce data standards across the business, which is very hard when you're running a manual process and you have many different locations and teams. We found that our audit processes, as a result, were very labor-intensive and took a lot of time and relied heavily on vetting manual processes with paper-based sign-offs. Asset performance reporting was dated by the time it got to you know, management, and so therefore had very limited real-time benefits. And we've always found ourselves being reactive rather than being proactive. For underwriting, we were continually relying on third-party data sources, which we still do, but found ourselves, besides anecdotal evidence, not really having the ability to leverage actual property portfolio performance from our own portfolio. And we wanted to remove the key person risk inherent with a manual process that had been built by individuals, i.e., you know, like large spreadsheets that were complicated that only one person knew how they were put together. So we started with those as the kind of problems and things we wanted to solve. And we said, okay, well, I think we really need a technology strategy in order to start to address these. And some of the things we decided we really wanted was the ability to have not just data capture, but a workflow process so that we could manage transactions through the life cycle from origination, transaction tracking, underwriting and asset management. 
we needed something to model real estate and integrate that with our systems. We wanted to be able to model risk within our portfolio and generate expected losses and make our stat filing process more efficient. We want to be able to benchmark our portfolio. And then we also want to be able to do some just hygiene factors to make life easier, like more readily, easily accessible document management processes, the ability to integrate external data that we talked about. And then really, once that was in place, I think the dream was to really enhance the data visualization so that we could get really good, insightful market intelligence and portfolio performance in a readily accessible way. Thank you, Tom, for sharing this list with us. Brett, quite an impressive list Tom has. Is this typical of what you hear from other clients who are embarking on this journey for the first time? Yeah, I mean, Tom has a big vision and that kind of vision requires several specialized systems and typically some kind of BI solution as well. So, you know, you're going to need transactional systems to manage workflows, and then you're going to need to bring all that data together somewhere uh, so that it can be visualized and you can start achieving a lot of the intelligence that's downstream that he's looking for. We obviously hear people want that, and we have a piece of that solution, a pretty good sized piece, but it is a big project. It is a broad vision. And more often, than that, our clients want us to solve smaller problems for specific executions, for specific parts of the loan life cycle, like just origination, just asset management. But that's the benefit of having a large enterprise system is you can take one smaller bite of the elephant and really focus in on a project or a team. And then you can start extending that uh, through the life cycle of the loan or through the organization to other, other groups. So we do hear it. You know, it is a big vision. I can tell you not a lot of people get as far as I know Tom has gotten on that project. Uh, and, and we are usually working to take small bites to try to uh, break into that size vision. Interesting. Tom, hearing Brett's response, how did your decision on whether to build or buy evolve? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you start off with even with the best intentions, a lot of proprietary in-house developed systems, we ended up having a bad experience. Either they didn't keep pace with what the market needed, and it was hard to motivate and maintain teams to do that. So we definitely wanted to go out to the market and try and find a third-party solution. I think initially, naively, we thought we would go out, evaluate a few products and pick one, and that would do everything we wanted. But nothing on the market, you know, then or now, I think, really addresses all of our objectives. But I've got to say that over the last decade or so, the prop tech sector has made some considerable investment in the space. And so there is some good stuff out there. This has resulted in a growing number of solutions that are focused on core needs of the industry, being property valuation, data capture, associated workflow, and risk modeling. And for us, getting started involved addressing several issues and and challenges associated with that. Much of what we initially saw were closed-end type systems, i.e., you know, the idea of an API and transferring data between the systems was, was not good. Although I've got to say over the last few years, that seems to be improving. 
And um, we knew that one of our primary objectives was to design a system or solution that was very collaborative, open, and would allow us to replace one part of the system further down the line if it became outdated and there was something better or an alternative on the market that we preferred. So getting to that point where we realized there's no plug and play solution and that a certain amount of customization would be necessary and integration, it was important that we really picked providers that we felt we could work with over the long term. I think stability, market relevance, and experience were the kind of hygiene factors for putting, making that selection in terms of who we wanted to partner with, because we wanted not only to leverage elements of existing systems where we could, but we needed partners that we could work with collaboratively on future product strategy. We wanted to limit any AIG-specific requirements where possible, but there's always going to be a certain amount of systems integration that you're going to have to do, and some specific functionality. For example, nearly everybody's credit memos are a bit different, and that's true of us. We also wanted to be able to leverage common industry standards where at all possible. For example, MBA's MISMO data standards for rent roll, CREFC's chart of accounts for um, financial statements, etc. We found some vendors in the process were very rigid and the way of doing things were very legalistic and not open for discussion without large fees for customization being discussed, quite frankly. And, and we felt that that would have been a journey that could have resulted in a nightmare for us. And so we're trying to really focus on those that were much more open to a working and a collaborative relationship. Interesting, Brett, you supported many clients through this process of buy versus build. Are Tom's experiences and expectations similar to what you hear from others? Yeah, and, and before I address that, I do want to point out that I think I just inferred from Tom's response that I'm flexible, stable, and I have good hygiene. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, so, as long as you feel uh, better, that's what I, I feel better now. So, I mean, look, this is the primary sales challenge. Since we started going to market with the Closer product specifically in 2005, it is the pitch that was being made. Do you build? Do you buy? Why in the world would I license a product when... I have special sauce and I do things uh, differently than everybody else. We mostly competed and do still mostly compete with office products, with Excel and Word or internal builds, systems that have been built bespoke to a company with all of their idiosyncrasies. I think the key to the argument to recommend licensing as opposed to a build is number one, cost of ownership. And I guess more specifically to address your question, we see people process these things differently uh, and certainly prioritize these variables differently as we're going through sales processes. But at the end of the day, it's two things. It's cost of ownership. Uh, obviously, we spread the development infrastructure out over many customers. And anytime I hear about the cost of building a system internally for a 
prospective client or one that they've already had that we might be replacing, I'm just always stunned from staffing to devs, business analysts, project managers, all the kind of things you need to build a system to infrastructure and ongoing support. Just the ongoing cost of ownership can really blow it up quickly. Secondly, and this probably more importantly from my perspective, and I think I heard Tom say something about this uh, a second ago, internal builds are generally only as good as the last user complaint or last data emergency the company had. They're not competitive. They're not having to compete in the industry for new sales. It's a captive build and you're simply responding to requests. It is not a proactive design. It is a reactive design by definition. That's what they do. We, on the other hand, have to continually innovate to compete. We have to show up, demo, and sell every year. And when a new technology comes out, when there's new opportunities to access third-party data, to integrate with some other downstream system, we've got to be there and show that we can do it. So, you know, we've pitched against internal systems that were being put into large projects for the third or fourth rebuild because you're in a situation where you've got to do something different. Some downstream investor now has an API or something that you have to connect with and your whole data structure changes. So that's what we see and that's kind of how we frame the argument to license a third-party system. I think I've heard it clearly from both of you now that there really needs to be a partnership for success in this process. Even in the planning phases, you've really got to figure out whether you can collaborate because it isn't something that happens over a three to six month period. It really is a journey building out one's technology platform. Thank you, gentlemen. Tom Fewings, Head of Commercial Real Estate Finance for AIG and Brett Williams, Head of Commercial Real Estate Technology for Citus AMC. This will bring close to our first segment, planning and implementation. In part two, we'll talk about benefits, lessons, and next steps. I'd like to thank our audience for joining us for this episode of our In Conversation podcast. If you have any additional questions, or if you'd like to join our mailing list to learn more about future Citus AMC events, please reach out to us at connect at